Welcome to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. It's a podcast about the nuts and bolts of life in rural Australia. The good, the bad and the beautiful. Most Australians don't know that they share the continent with the world's biggest feral camel population. The first camels were brought to Australia in the 1840s to provide transport and ferry goods in the outback. The ships of the desert thrived in the outback, and when they were released into the wild as motorised transport took over their role, numbers exploded. I've read estimates of between 1.2 and 3 million camels, and scientists say numbers could double every 8 to 10 years. They've been deemed a pest because of the damage that they do to the environment and infrastructure. And a culling program is part of the National Feral Camel Action Plan. They're mostly culled from helicopter in remote areas. But camel milk is becoming increasingly popular for people who are cow milk intolerant. There are at least eight camel farms in Australia and Paul Martin is one of them. He runs 800 camels on Summerland Camel Farm on Queensland's scenic rim. And I want to know why. Camel milk is um, amazing uh, on the skin and gut for gut sensitivities. And, and Australia's got uh, the largest feral population of camels in the world. So we've Summerland Camels has sort of combined those two uh, problems and um, got, turned it into a you know a skincare range that we sell across Australia and and some amazing dairy products. And Summerland Camels, you 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 based down on the scenic rim. Yeah, yeah, based in the scenic rim. So we've got the third largest camel dairy in the world and uh, and basically trying to show, I suppose, what the opportunities are that we have in Australia with this feral population of camels and, and I suppose, you know, we people can come out and visit us and we've sort of got it all on display for them. Paul, what's the backstory to uh, Summerland Camels? Because you actually come, you're a cattleman from way back, or your family's into cattle. Yeah, look, it, it came from using actually camels in a co-grazing um, uh, situation, so sort of transferring the amazing properties in the gut of the camel to convert things like lignin, which is dry pasture and, and stuff like that, to help cattle actually um, convert dry feed better. And I suppose it was then a combination of, you know, knowing, uh, finding out, I suppose, what, you know, the milk was good for, you know, and we sort of, you know, really had to do something about it here in Australia. So where did you get your first camels from? Tell me the adventures to start up a business. Yeah, well, so we, we brought them from just south of uh, Northern Territory, so the top of South Australia. We sort of started on a little place out at Lowood, and then basically uh, we bought this place in the Scenic Rim to uh, where we expanded now to some sort of 800 camels we have now on the books. So they've come from, we've got them from all parts of Queensland, Northern Territory, um, basically to try and get a bit of a genetic spread. But um, yeah, they've all they're all found a home here at Summerland. It sounds like there's a fair bit of science behind this. It's not just going rounding up a few camels and knowing that they can eat the pastures. We're involved with a regenerative ag group and, and that sort of uh, up in um, Yapoon Resource Consulting and, and they that was about you know trying to solve these problems with you know I suppose livestock and gut and biodiversity and, and then I suppose throwing that in we, we've um, formed with a uh, local organic skincare uh, maker in the Scenic Rim and we've done work with Queensland Uni to basically you know put some science behind the properties of the milk and why it's so good for you know the countries around the world that use it for 
healing their guts, particularly Somalian cultures and stuff like that. So, and then how it um, feeds the uh, pre and probiotic for your skin. So it actually stimulates your own skin biodiversity and, and helps that sort of making your skin well. Chemically, how does it differ from cow's milk? Vitamin C is one of the main ones that is extremely high in. The proteins are very, very small compared to cow's milk. It doesn't have um, a, a, a protein called beta-lactoglobulin, which basically people have the allergies to in um, cow's milk. So, you know, people don't generally have an allergy to lactose. It's the, it's the casein protein that's bound to the lactose that's, that's the problem for people. And, of course, um, camel milk doesn't have any. So if you're dairy intolerant, you can eat camel milk products? Yeah, very much so. And, and it's sort of why we, I suppose, at our cafe, we started pushing into gelato and, you know, three or four ranges of cheese. And we're now sending our uh, Persian feta into the US. So uh, it goes over there three or four times a year now. So it's amazing. How do you keep on top of all the products that you're producing? I mean, we're just looking at we're looking at soap, we're looking at little baby camel, you know, toys, but we're looking at skincare products out the front there. We've got various forms of cheese and cream. How do you make sure that you keep the business under control and you don't try and expand too much? And send yourself broke. Yeah, yeah, good question. And look, it's probably something we've been guilty of in the past. And I think bringing uh, it back into, my, I suppose, my ag background or in the commodities is sort of coming back to powder. Powder's a big, big um, market for us at the moment. So it's really underpinning, I suppose, the interest in from the Asian market in a uh, camel milk baby formula, this type of thing. So we're really driving the business. That, that sort of drives the business. These products here are just other ways that people can get involved. Were you trying to get into China with your infant formula? We're actually developing the formula at the moment, so uh, that's where the demand is coming from. But particular, even places like India, um, uh, Singapore, those sort of uh, areas are really, really demanding the, the powder at the moment. Paul Martin is a camel farmer at Summerland Camels on Queensland Sea McRim. When you go there, kids can go for camel rides. They produce a host of skincare products as well as feta, gelato and a range of milk products. There's also a growing demand for camel milk in Asia. You're listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. Life on the land can be tough, but the people who live there choose to live where they live. And there is a sense of community you won't find in the city. milk's really expensive. I mean, it's five, ten times as more expensive than cow's milk. You've got to set a market for yourself. Yeah, and look, that was about, I suppose, why, how we started, you know, was sort of trying to put it in front of people and say, well, you know, because a lot of people don't know that if they've got dairy allergies, they can have camel milk. You know, mm. you can be right up to anaphylactic and still have camel milk. So that's how different it is. But then that's a hard story to try and tell on your own as well. So, you know, we're, it's about, for us, it's about also stimu- solving the problems of catching a feral camel and utilising them and then I suppose showing people that because we saw that as the biggest sort of um, hurdle for people because once we can lift production, we can drop our 
cost of production. Why it's sitting around as a cottage industry milking sort of five or ten, it's always going to be very expensive. We can put pressure on, downward pressure on that cost of production by selling volume products like powder and, and things like that. And in the interim, you know, you know, selling things like skin care and utilising it, you know, showing people what it's good for with the skin, it makes the milk go a lot further, why it's expensive. How important is the operation down at, on the scenic rim? Because I've been there and kids can go for camel ride, you can have ice cream, you can have everything else. Is that part of the convincing the public the animal welfare issues, are, you're on top of those? Oh, definitely. And I, and I think, you know, getting people exposed to the animal, is it, there's this sort of underlying issue that people have mentally with camels. And I think... They it's, spit. Yeah, well, and, and, that's, and that's what people think. So I think there was one camel out there that spat on someone one day and created a bad name for a lot of them. But, you know, it's more the alpaca and llama that are that, that the spitters. But again, it, it's, it's about that perception. And I suppose it does, you know, there's some deep-seated issues, I suppose, of how camels were brought into Australia and the competition they they created between even you know races and horses and camels with and and I think that's deep seated in people's thinking about you know where camels sit in in our use of um, I suppose modern European settlement but they're an amazing animal once you come out and sort of uh, engage with them out in the farm. Do you like them? Are they good animals? Oh they're they're amazing they're they're I mean like a big Labrador really and I suppose it's that Jurassic feel that people I think are amazed with because I mean you just can't stop people pulling up on the side of the road looking over the fence you know they're just different to everything else. How'd you go with COVID? Because Summerland is very much a, a place where people come to be entertained, so obviously that was closed. It hit us pretty hard. I think the probably the fires back in September last year were probably uh, bigger. Um, I think the beauty about COVID was there actually was a national response, and you know we got some assistance with um, wages and uh, job keeper and all that. And and what it also did was you know put people online looking for things to do so we changed our strategy with how we market to people online and and it's actually um it's actually been a step in the right you know right direction because people are now a lot more tech savvy and 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 stuff and looking online that would never you know i've got 80 year old ladies that buy my product now online and it was the first product they ever bought online what's the key to selling online you what do you have to deliver to the potential client yeah, well, and, and I suppose with the, with that extra um, competition online has now become, you know, it's more expensive too to actually um, get in front of someone because you only got a small snippet, you know, and it's a, it's about I suppose really presenting to people what the problem is, and then and and in and you have the solution in a basically in a picture. So it's a uh, it's it's very challenging. It's very exciting space because there's you know it's a, the the feedback's immediate. You know you you can if you get it right you can you know you basically see people buying that minute. If you get it wrong, it's sitting there doing nothing. So it, I know there've been hard parts to getting this camel pro operation up and running, but what's the best part about it for you? Just change seeing people's perceptions change. You know there's a lot of you know being a country person myself and seeing I suppose involving in these tours and that and seeing people come out and and they're you know that camel camel spit and all that sort of thing and and but but leaving the farm with this whole change sort of uh, outlook and and I suppose the fact that we employ up to 30 locals out in the scenic rim you know something I was very passionate about was doing the paddock to plate or paddock to face as we do it here but I mean 
I suppose identifying you know people in agriculture there's they have families on farms and there's you know there's all these um, I suppose issues with successional planning and you think well there's so many different elements that people can be involved in right through to the marketing you know the creating of the product you know so there's there's um, there's not just the person who's out there you know mustering the animals you know so that was sort of why I really wanted to present it you know out in the scenic rim and people don't often get to see a you know an ag project like that. Paul Martin from Summerland Camel Farm. You've been listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app and leave me a review. Music was composed and presented by Luke Aidney. (laughs) 